Hello and welcome back to the Technically F1 podcast. I am Rashad. And I'm Jack. This week we've got an action-packed episode for you. So kick back, maybe grab some light reading material, and enjoy. Hello. Hello. Or did he get him on? Pardon? What? What did you say? I said you ready to get a moron. I gotta get a moron yeah. right now. Have you seen the cyber cat? Oh, uh, what's that? It's a. I, I think you'll like it if you look it up. It's a catamaran. I don't know if I'm going to like that. i got to be honest. You'll love it. I know how much you love Tesla. (sighs) Why do you have to pay me with that? I don't know. Seven. Yeah, I might, I might have to get off a tiny bit early, but it should be fine. All right, cool. I'm looking at 15 everyday cars with something or the other. Um, oh, no, it's not sending to him. Shoot. With performance. Wait. Pro performance. Android. Just email it to him. Text him that it's in an email. Okay. What is email address? Are cardioing tomorrow? Yep, are you? Yeah, uh, I'm a little nervous. What for? I remember last time. Oh, you'll be fine. Last time was a little, like, I was just scared for the first part of it. Oh, don't be scared. It's very easy. I've done the big intelligence. Maybe Wait, I haven't done the big intelligence. I'll try a tire warming. Go back. And oh, yeah, yeah. you just need to warm your tires. Yeah, if I keep my tires warm like that, no one will be able to pass me. Exactly. Just don't spin. Keep them warm. That sounds sus. Yeah, but the first corner, like, it's kind of hard to not spin out because you're turning so abruptly. Okay, great. Copy link address. Let me send this to him now. Let's see. Please. Have you seen the McLaren Super Bowl, a Super Bowl commercial? Uh, n- Super, you said? Super Bowl. Uh, which one? McLaren. Oh, is it good? I don't know, I haven't watched it. We can watch a lot of podcasts. Copyrighted all. Yo, are you ready for the Super Bowl? No, I'm not watching it. The Bengals versus whatever. That's got to be the most mid-Super Bowl ever. Mm. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, the Broncos versus the Seahawks happened. Also, I guess kind of mid, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, I feel like a midfield one can be kind of interesting, though. Like, in the F1, at least, midfield, if you're just paying attention to that, it can be fun. You mean, like, for the championship? No, it's just, like, behind a, like, if you're looking at two teams, like McLaren and Ferrari. Oh, my midfield God. Midfield teams. Neither are midfield teams. More or less. Why you gotta do them like that? 
Oh, let's look at what people rated the hats of the F-22. <laughs> oh, my God. I love oh, this. this. I love the way they said homeless people in this. They said unhoused people. <laughs> oh, yes, you were saying something? You ready for here to hear what the internet gave the hats of the F-22 as a score? What? Three out of two for design, one out of two for livery. Mm. I think it's got to be the other way around. That livery is mid in comparison to the design of the car. I oh, did you hear about Bezos's new bridge? Project? He bought a bridge. No, he's breaking a bridge. Why is he breaking a bridge? So he can get his boat out. Oh, Seattle. No. Gosh. Wait a minute. I bet you it's a Fed ship. It's a sailing ship thing. I don't know about ships. He's breaking a bridge, you're right. No! It, it says dismantling. dismantling. But they do these sorts of things constantly. I know the yacht maker. Maybe they should just, like, move, you know? No, no, no. It's a very picturesque area where they build these things. They're very nice boats. Uh, let me just check that it is. a couple of helicopters and fly over. Well, we now have to talk about this boat. I think it's a Fed ship. Yeah, hundred. Have you seen the new uh? Yeah, it's a Fed ship. With the, the SP3 right meter engine. Hello. Hello. Hey guys. How are you doing? Good. How are you? All right. What goes on? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. What do you have to say about the F1? Or I guess we can talk about that on the... I, we're already in the podcast. We can count this all as part of it. <laughs> Sounds good. Anyways, what do you think about the season end? I actually haven't even caught up on it yet. So oh, let me go ahead and take a look at this. This should be interesting, I'm sure. Oh, there were yes. some interesting races here towards the end, though. Oh, yeah. Rashad, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to explain all the controversy. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, it's very controversial. Wait, so Rashad, you were saying the Daytona SP3. That's what you're looking at, right? No, I'm looking at a Daytona model. Oh. It's like $30,000 and .1 meter engine. Nice. Look it up. I think you'll enjoy it very much. It's basically a Mondial. Oh, I see that. Yeah, that's cool. That's a bit feeble, though. A one liter engine? Point one liter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you can get away with a one liter engine as an actual car engine, but point one, that doesn't cut it. What is that possibly good for? Children. A paperweight, maybe? Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. But even a one-liter engine, like, how powerful is the Gulf's engine? Probably I mean, at least two liters. Unless it's, like, a hybrid, you know, that'd be kind of interesting. Well, now I have to look this up. What is um, this vehicle? What engine is this vehicle in? A point one liter? Uh, a miniature Daytona. Ferrari Daytona. Oh, a miniature? Well, that might be sufficient, perhaps. All right, I was way off. <laughs> Golf's displacement is 1.4 liters. Oh, like a modern base Golf? Yeah. Tiny. But yeah, absolutely adequate. Tiny. That's why everyone loves the GTI. Absolutely. The extra power. Yes. Speed and power. How's driving been going? Actually quite well. Um Got out on the highway more, which is good. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Especially up to, like, the mountains. That's a fun drive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Jealous. You guys probably have some nice roads out there. We do. Yeah. Um, sadly, they're always clogged up. But when <laughs> you can get them when there's not too much traffic, it's always good. I bet. 
I spent thirty thousand dollars for a miniature Ferrari. Hang on a minute. This must be like an amalgam collection model. No, no, no. This one drives. It drives. Yes. So you're paying thirty thousand dollars for a tiny driving Ferrari. Yes. But if it can't sit still on my desk, what's the value of it? So pointless. It actually be able to. <laughs> it's a little small. How big is your desk again? Mm, not massive. If you look at an executive sized desk, easily this will fit. Okay. Guys, give me a sec. I need to open this in the Anchor app. For some reason, when I opened your link, Jack, it only opened in my browser on my phone. Oh, okay. That does it. That's, I was like, why is this happening? Give me one sec, and I'll be right back. All right, cool. Rashab, you know what I was just thinking about? What? The Ferrari 296. We haven't talked much about the new Ferraris, but I'm pretty opinionated on them. You were gonna say something else. Never mind. I'll talk to you later about that. Okay. About a joke we've been making since homecoming. Ah, ah, yes, of course. Yes, I really thought you'd be thinking about that. Ah, one of my favorite jokes. Ah, yes, it's been more fun as of late. It has been. Anyways, no, I was thinking about. Look at the new Ferrari cars that they're making right now, right? They all look kind of the same. And the thing that alarms me is they're all about the same power. Yes, 250 horsepower. Oh, no, wow. no, 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 no. They're more like 500, aren't they? I'd rather have an Alfa Romeo than... Do you want to hear every single car they're making right now? No, 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 but I think this looks like a... Whatchamacallit? A Corvette mixed with, like, a Supra. Are you talking about the, the 296? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'm just going to go through the whole lineup right now because I feel like no. it. Maybe the 12 Superfast, the A12 GTS, the SF90, the SF90 Spider, the F8 Tributo, the F8 Spider, the Ferrari Roma, the Ferrari Portofino, the A12 Competizione, and the A12 Competizione A, along with the Daytona SE3. There are a couple of good cars on that list, and there are a couple of meh cars. Yeah. The Mondi, although. Yeah. Truly bad Ferrari. But truly a cheap Ferrari. Exactly. Amar's back. All right. Well, that's yeah. weird. I couldn't open it in the app, so I'm stuck on my browser. But that's fine. Any anyway. Anyways. So, should we talk about the um, end of championship or the end of season? Um, yes, wait. definitely. All right. So, what have you seen? And if nothing, that we can just walk you through the whole thing. Mm. So, for shopping. 395 and a half points. 10 wins. That's impressive. Exactly. So, you have more than anyone else, but I don't think he had more than half the wins of the season. No, because mm. Bottas won a race. But, yeah, very impressive uh, season from him. Argu- or I think it's arguable that he's still a pretty young driver by the F1 standards still. Rashad, what do you think? Well, I mean, he's definitely young. He's, like, in his 20s, isn't he? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you look I mean, at Lando Norris and George Russell getting podiums from basically the offset in basically their teenage years. He's, well, I mean, the only driver that, like, is somewhat competitive and has a chance is probably Lando Norris if he gets into a better car. If McLaren car. builds a better car, you mean? Yeah. He's not leaving less. McLaren. They've got him tied down basically indefinitely. Not a Red Bull. That would be good driving. Yeah. But Red Bull doesn't have the money at the moment to buy Lando out. I see. They could just drop Sergio. And then... They drop your favorite driver for one of your least favorite drivers? It's not my least favorite driver. <laughs> okay, but not not even remotely close to your favorite driver. Eh, he's close enough. Is he really? I mean, he's doing better than Sergio. 
True, but that's just Sergio Perez being embarrassing. Yes, okay. Sergio Perez did well, like, when he was in the BWT. Not doing so well anymore. The BWT just doesn't even have a name anymore. Racing Point. BWT is <laughs> the only constant one. The only sponsor they've ever held for a long amount of time. Yes. You don't want to know funny thing. The Kingfisher Force India. Someone called it a while ago the Kingfisher Force Aston Martin BWT Racing Filter. <sighs> I mean, that's about right. Yeah. Anyways, Amar, so let's uh, catch you up basically from where we were. I remember last, yes. last time we were talking, we were speculating the end of season races. So if I go to the F1 app right now, we uh-huh. had predicted the U.S., Mexico, Brazil, and the three Middle Eastern races. And we were talking about, you know, six races left. Right. Um, what's going to happen? Anyways, uh, let's see here. Is it going to tell me? No, it's not going to tell me. Uh, anyways, I'll find somewhere else. But anyways, I can tell you basically the results from my head. In the U.S., Verstappen won, so I think we were all right on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically overtook Hamilton late in the race after a risk on the tire strategy mm. and came back and won the race. So that was a successful race for him. Uh, Mexico, he looked basically unbeatable and took pole. No, he didn't take pole, but he took the race win very convincingly. And the only reason he didn't take pole was because the Red Bull Junior driver, Rashab's favorite, Yuki Tsunoda, decided to spin as... How many favorites uh, do I have? Your dri- basically, every <laughs> driver that drive or has driven for Red Bull is your favorite driver. I see, okay. Uh, he spun and almost took out Perez, who then almost took out Verstappen. So it was just a Red Bull disaster there in qualifying. But they won the race, and Verstappen won, not Perez. So I think, Rashad, did you say that Perez won? Is going to win that one? Probably not. All right. Just being realistic there. Uh, anyways. And then we got to Brazil, where everything shook up. Hamilton took an engine change, and then he also took a huge penalty because... Um, so, wait, Amar, you know DRS, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay, so Verstappen, after qualifying, was inspecting Hamilton's DRS, and he realized, hang on a minute, I don't think that's correct. So he touched it a bit, and he got fined for that, because apparently that's illegal. Really? But it turned out that because he touched it, the FIA had to check, and it turned out Hamilton was also illegal. So he took a massive penalty and got basically (laughs) put to the back of the grid, Uh, and Verstappen was fined $50,000. The response to that, as it should be, Hope they buy themselves a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, after they bought themselves a nice dinner, uh, the race kicked off, and Hamilton flew through the field. In the sprint race, he was up to P2, and then he took his five-place grid penalty. Uh, but even then, for the actual race, he only had to go from you know sixth to first, which he did. He actually overtook Verstappen, who was lacking all weekend long. Mm. Uh, but luckily, Verstappen didn't get a penalty when he pushed Hamilton pretty blatantly off track, but he also sort of understeered, so that's yours to decide. You've got to watch the replay. Anyways, now moving to ooh, Qatar. Right, Rashad? Uh, I think so. Oh, no. Let me check. Just want to get this right, because, you know. Otherwise, it'll be a hundred times more confusing. Exactly. Wouldn't want to have this it's whole thing It's still going to be front. quite confusing, because Hamilton did a lot of bad stuff, and then Verstappen got penalties for those. And yes. then, well, then Hamilton got one unfair penalty against, not unfair penalty against him, but one unfair decision that resulted in his loss. And he kind of just didn't take it very well. Yeah. All right. That basically summarizes the rest of the championship. But if we hop over to Qatar, um, what happened there was Hamilton won the race. Uh, Verstappen in second with a surprise podium finisher. Uh, take a guess. 
no guesses then? All right. Uh, I'll just tell you. It was Fernando <laughs> Alonso. Oh. That's yeah. unfortunate. Not unfortunate. It was great. Everyone was happy, including you, Rashad, but you don't even like Fernando Alonso. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy that he's in here. Oh, yes. Just oozing with happiness. Yes. Anyways, uh, so then that excitement happened, and then we went to the literal disaster that was Saudi Arabia. So first issue was the fact that Nikita Mazepin was being Nikita Mazepin and just doing silly things all over track, like pushing Hamilton wide, almost pushing Hamilton into a wall, basically trying to steal the championship from Verstappen. Uh, it didn't work, but uh, come qualifying, Verstappen was going to take pole, and then he decided, you know what, no, and he hit the wall in P2. So he stayed P2 for the start of the race, which was normal until lap 10, when Nick Schumacher decided, you know what, no, I'm going to cause a red flag immediately after Mercedes had pitted Lewis. Uh, very great for Verstappen because he hadn't already pitted yet, which meant that when they red flagged the race, Verstappen got a free pit stop and a free tire change. Uh, he then went on to have a great start, overtook Hamilton, and then after that, he went on to lead the race for all but 10 seconds until Perez caused a huge crash at the back and took out nearly a quarter of the field in one corner, which is great. Um, less opponents were stopping, I guess. And then on the third restart, everything kind of went to plan, except for the fact that Hamilton actually overtook Max this time around. And that didn't go so well. But after that, uh, they sort of stayed together for most of the race. It wasn't quite as dominant from Hamilton's side as it was in Qatar. And then Verstappen um, got past him. And then Hamilton tried to overtake him again. Uh, didn't work. Verstappen went off track, and then he had to give the position back. So he decided to give the position back in the most fair way possible by break slowing checking. down on the racing line. You brake checked Hamilton a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, I feel like we're past this, but uh, corner thirty, you know, corner um, corner was it one lap thirty seven? Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, that was a disaster. Yeah. Just Hamilton hitting Verstappen. Uh, yeah, he was very angry, obviously, as you would be. Um, and basically just point-blank smacked into Verstappen's car. Not uh, really. I mean, he kind of just pushed Verstappen off the track a little bit. Am I thinking of a different one? I think we, I must be thinking of a different corner. No, because corner, corner one, uh, lap 37, is when he was pushed. Verstappen was pushed off track. Oh, right. Yeah, that was pretty aggressive from Lewis. But anyways, Lewis actually had damage from when he rear-ended Verstappen. Really no surprises there. Mm. Um, but he still managed to stay ahead of Verstappen, which points to the fact that Verstappen must have a, a busted diffuser or something. I mean, there was no way he could have lost that much time if he didn't have a functioning car. So the assumption is his car wasn't functioning as it should have been. Anyways, finally, last race of the season, they came in tied on points. Rather convenient. And after that, uh, the race kicked off. Verstappen had a very bad start after getting pole. Hamilton led for most of the race. Verstappen then took an aggressive tire strategy. It almost paid off. And then Nicholas Latifi crashed. A safety car happened. Verstappen went on an even more aggressive tire strategy Mm. and overtook him on the last lap, winning the championship. Wild. Absolutely crazy. Uh, as you can imagine, last lap safety car overtakes, the Hamilton fans were not happy, and they've been <laughs> consistently very angry on Twitter for the last four months. Uh, not four months, three months. Uh, basically, there's been no calm on the internet where F1 is, and it's all been, oh, this has been manipulated, this has been stolen. And that's not them saying that. That was Lewis Hamilton's final, final radio transmission of 2021. It's been manipulated, man. Anyways, bit of a shame there, but what do you do? Anyways, uh, Rashad, so we've been speculating for the Actually, last what you do is what do um, you, do? You, you file a bunch of complaints with the FIA. And then they all get rejected in about 20 minutes. 
Yeah, it got rejected quicker than Ferrari, their Ferrari case. Yeah. Wait, what was the Ferrari case? Oh, the whole, like... Oh, the engine one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that got rejected pretty quickly, because we could never penalize Ferrari for anything wrong they ever did. That would be illegal. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, that was about it from the end of season championship stuff. The only other big things of note was that Kenny retired. Guan Yu Zhou, the F2 driver, is taking his place. Mm-hmm. Bottas is taking uh, Antonio Giovinazzi's place because he's been fired. And that's about it. Oh, Russell's also a Mercedes driver now. Ah, yes. George Russell is taking Valtteri Bottas's place. Ah, yes. And uh, Sergio Perez was signed for another couple years. That was a poor decision. You even said yourself that they were probably cost the championship by that. Yeah. But, I mean, they can't just go through a new second driver every year. True, but they could. Actually, they could. They could just say, like... As what if they got people. George Russell? Lyndon Obviously Norris they could, be better. but what if they tried? Lyndon Norris would be better. Really? Yeah, I feel like George Russell was made to be a Mercedes driver. His numbers are 63. Every True. good Mercedes is like 63 or 550. Yeah, they're generally a double number. Anyways, so Omar... Mm-hmm. Controversial end to the season. I guess who are you rooting for? Even though you didn't watch the championship finale, who are you rooting for? Hamilton, of course. Ah, that's a joke. <laughs> of um, course, your favorite your favorite driver. I mean, I've always kind of liked Verstappen, so it's nice to see him up top. Um, really didn't have anyone else I was watching, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I always, oh, <laughs> always like Kimmy as well, but yeah, he's been not doing too hot, obviously. So a bit mid, yeah. But I mean, again, at the end of the day, good to see Verstappen up top. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess impressive from him to beat Hamilton in his first ever championship fight. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, he's never really fought for the championship before. Sure. Anyways, so next season, I guess it's kind of early to be saying that, but then again, we've already had a livery reveal. A single one. A single one. And really not by the best team of all time. Uh, but not you'll be happy. Team, I think it's a not team. even a good team. Uh, you'll be happy to know it's last place in the championship pass F1. Actually, I mean, I think um, they're, they're aiming to come back to the midfield. Wow, that's a bold... I mean, literally, everybody in the entire championship has started from nowhere. So aiming for the midfield is, like, literally the lowest aim you could have. Yeah. Like, the entire slate is then what's clean. So there's, you know, it's not as if anyone has an extreme advantage here. Except mm-hmm. for, I guess, design talent. Red Bull. Yeah. Anyways, so if you want to grab or look at this, Amar, the Haas DF22, uh, it's it's an interesting one. Very patriotic. Oh, yes. The, what was it? The Haas VF22. VF22. Let's see. The funny thing is, VF doesn't even mean anything. It's not as if it was like <laughs> GH or anything. That'd be Gene Haas or anything. But no, but VF must hmm. be very fast. <laughs> very kinda, fast. <laughs> I like that livery. The livery is nice, but I've started to zoom in around like little portions of the car here, and there's some yeah. alarming pieces. You see that nose? Mm-hmm. Look a bit big. Yeah, not terrible, terribly big fan of that, to be honest. The thing that I'm wondering, 
and Rashad, maybe you can tell me this. I can't tell, but is there a space in between the nose and the bottom of the front wing foot plate? I can't really tell either. Yeah, hard to say. Because if there is, they've found a way to get around the regulation on that. If there isn't, they've just done a very ridiculous design. Hmm. But I assume there's some aerodynamic value to doing that. I would imagine, yeah. Because I guess if you can force more air into that central section, then you can be more choosy with where it goes. True. Can only be a positive thing. Uh, The side pods don't look so hot. They're... I think the only way to describe them is odd. <laughs> Basically, no air inlets in all bodywork. Look like little nostrils. Yeah, and also, like, if the Ferrari engine is as small as Ferrari says it is, then there's no need to make them that big. Mm. Like, it's just so unnecessarily wide. And that's not even a regulatory thing. Like, you can make them narrower than that. Yeah, I gotcha. The front wing itself, though, looks interesting. They have a couple of step-ups in areas, mainly the final top end plate mm-hmm. in the um, left and right side. That's interesting. Somewhat aggressive. And then they've also got basically minimalist on the front wheel wake deflector. That little carbon fiber piece over the wheel. I was going to say... It looks like it's got a, a steely on, and now I kind of want to see an F1 car on steelies. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> she just looked that up. Damn, it hasn't been done yet. Opportunity. <laughs> I mean, it's halves. They're going to be definitely the first people to do it. Let's be honest here. I would love to see that. The funny thing here is that they only have two major sponsors here. Uh, take a guess if you can spot them. No points if you get it, though. Eurocollie. Eurocollie and one and one. Basically, one sponsor from each driver. They're not even team sponsors. Hmm. Really? That's weird. Well, what it says is that Haas is definitely not doing well in the sponsor field. Hmm. That is what happens when you are consistently midfield slash end of the field and Mm. are not putting in good results. Ooh, actually, I'm looking at the side profile of the car right now. What do you guys think of the, like, I guess that would be the side plates of the front wing. It looks like, yeah, it has a canard on it. Hmm. Yeah, it does a bit. And the actual back of the front wing extends past it. Yeah. Oh, actually, wait a minute. That's really interesting because they did that in 2018. I've read about that. What's up with these airfoils they're putting on, like the air and the intake above the the cockpit? Are you? I've never noticed that are like right around the head, above the head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the black ones are TV cameras that are very uh, rarely used. Uh-huh. Like the one to the right side is basically never used. The one to the mm-hmm. left is pretty often or often used. Gotcha. And then the one that looks like a T on top of it, that yep. is used all the time. So they're all just cameras. They're all just cameras now. Yeah. Uh. I'm surprised they haven't locked the uh, the right side one off yet because that's infrared and they've stopped using that in the TV footage. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Today I learned... F1 camera arrangements. F1, yeah, exactly. Now, I think easily the biggest change in terms of looks here, because obviously the regulations have changed, is the rear wing, which has no end plates. Hmm. And that's regulatory. That's not just a performance thing because you're not gaining any positive performance by cutting those off. <laughs> but Haas is also still managed to keep some shape in the actual rear wing itself, which is, I guess, good. But also, the actual central cord of the wing is not significantly lower than the sides of it. 
Mm. Which means that they're not exploiting the effect that I expected everyone to try to exploit, which is kind of weird. And then the final thing of note here is actually the new diffuser, which is ground effect style. So it sort of sucks the car to the ground. Yeah. Uh, looks great, uh, very standardized. I It looks no different from the one that F1 released when they released their render of the cars. So mm, gotcha. nothing of note there. I guess the takeaway from this thing is that they've managed to create an outwashing or sort of outwashing front wing here. That's impressive because the regulations were trying to ban those. And then mm. everything else around the car is, is it fair to say mid? I think we can say mid. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Anyways, that is the Haas F1 car for 2021. I hope people were looking at that while we were explaining it because yes. <laughs> that would make absolutely no sense if we were just trying <laughs> to explain that. Anyways, uh, shall we hop on to Extreme E for a second, Rashad? Because that's had its first sure. big season this year. Yeah, isn't McLaren part of that? Yeah, they are. But I think one of the reasons we haven't talked about it at all this season was that it can definitely be argued that it was basically a failure. How come? Well, the reason is because Formula E, you know, F1's mm-hmm. electric competition isn't a competition. Um, it got great viewership numbers on its first year. And... All the races could be attended in person, obviously, because of COVID reasons, but also because of the way that they've designed the races. And I'll explain that in a second. You Mm. can't do that with Extreme E. So it's basically lost the in-person fans, which is a huge problem. And it's in far-flung locations, which means that nobody really wants to go there anyways. So it's quite a bad situation, you could argue, for the whole thing, Mm -hmm. because it was Mm -hmm. quite expensive to come up with. And it basically didn't work. Yeah, they're still pressing ahead with it, obviously, because killing it after one year would be way too expensive, especially for the teams. But the thing about the locations of it that are odd is that obviously that you know they had to do something to be different. They couldn't just put it in any sort of off-road environment. So what they decided was they were going to put them in climate-sensitive areas. Mm-hmm. Now... That being electric cars, it's okay because obviously you're not going to ruin it with, uh, you know, coal-powered power plants and other things that electric cars are known for getting powered off of. But still, what it actually ended up doing was basically allowing for no spectators because you couldn't put in grandstands in sensitive areas. What genius thought to themselves, you know what, why don't we put it in an area where fans can't watch it that way we don't have to deal with any of those pesky fans genius absolutely genius how to instantly kill your viewership in one simple (laughs) step not allow viewers exactly not allow them in the first place and then not even bundle it with f1 or anything like i get right if they've been able to get a bundle deal with f1 and if mm-hmm. you subscribe to F1 TV, you could actually watch that completely for free. That would be cool. I might even oh, watch yeah. a race. But guess what? They didn't. So you presumably have to watch it through some other obscure streaming service. And then then what? You're paying for another streaming service? It seems like you have to buy a different one every day now. Yep. Ain't that the truth? So I think... I don't see great things for that, but who knows? What do I know? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, shall we talk about cars? Because this is only technically an F1 podcast. Uh, Why, yes. absolutely. Excellent. So, last time we talked in the summer, not last time we talked, Amar, we talked about how McLaren was sort of watering down their lineup. Oh, yeah. Well, Another company's arguably done it now. Should be good. Did you say Ferrari? Ferrari, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what can we say about it? It's basically a whole bunch of 488s. They're all the same. 
Yeah. Every single one's same. become the same. Like, you've got... Before it, it makes it a lot Ferrari for all of them. Exactly. It's like, this one's more extreme than the last one, but... Except wait a minute. 12. The last one is what the last one was based off of. Right. It's I mean, I can kind of understand these companies. They're all, like... They've been evolutionary more so than revolutionary, except, you know, once in a blue moon. Yeah. So I kind of get that, but, I mean, you can't just have a bunch of the bunch of cars in your lineup that are more or less clones of each other. That doesn't make any sense. And I think what people are trying to argue here is they're different because they look different. But if yeah. under the skin, they're basically the same car, they're right. a cut and paste job, that's where I take issue with it. Mm-hmm. Like, the F8 Tributo was cut and dry the same car as the 488 Pista. Okay, but the four eight the F eight and four eight have different stylings, which are kind of the only difference between every Ferrari at this point. Stylings. Right. I can understand the two nine six, which is their new car. Have you seen the one? I was just gonna say C eight. Yeah. It looks like a bunch of cars mashed together, and I don't explicitly hate it, but it's very strange looking. My issue with it is they've directly gone after McLaren for mm-hmm. the sort of hybrid, sort of not hybrid kind of supercar <laughs> with McLaren's, what was it, the Artura? Mm. It basically, right. now McLaren and Ferrari are both making each other's meh car. Mm-hmm. And that's what the biggest thing that I'm struggling with here is they're made this now the same car, each company with slightly different styling. So now what? You're basically just stealing market share from each other. And right. what's the point if no one's going to do something incredibly different? That's very true. Can't argue that. Like the Senna, that was very different. Of course. The Speedtail, that was very different. I feel like now is the time for like lower end, like car makers to step their game up. Like that. Hyundai, oh yeah, they've been doing well. Like oh, the Hyundai absolutely. i versions of the cars, like those are what is it, like the i twenty, right? I like that At one. The ends. Yeah, the end versions as well. That's mm-hmm. the, the yeah. Absolutely. Genesis, 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 Gen- yeah. <laughs> The Jennies. <laughs> the Jennies. Yeah. Here's a, well, maybe a segue into another topic, but oh, go on. a discussion I had with some of my friends like a few days ago, um, talking about what we each thought the worst or blandest sounding V8s were. So I'm curious about what you guys think about i ultimately decided that the mp412c sounds like absolutely nothing at all um at least in stock form but the question is posed for cars in stock form nothing modified counts so what do you guys think the mp4's v8 is notoriously awful it's pretty bad i think it's it's the worst one (laughs) right it works but Sounds like nothing. It relaunched McLaren motor cars, and that was about it. Yeah, right. But that was a car, the car as a whole. Yeah, not just, not really, not the engine. Right. But anyway, Ooh. what are you guys? What are your guys's thoughts? My original thought was something American, but then I thought to myself, no, because American even though they're not shouty like a European V8, mm-hmm. they still have some character because of the supercharging. Yeah. So, I guess it would have to be something that's turbocharged. Wait I'm a minute, wait a minute. The Genesis one. Wait, do they have a V8? <sighs> they used to have one. Yeah. Okay. You know, what sort of speeds are we talking about here? Because I have an argument for one car at low <laughs> speeds, but not at high speeds. It has to be all-encompassing. Oh no, then I can't do this one. I was gonna say the Koenigsegg, Rov- or yeah, the Rivera, or no, mm. Rivera. Rivera. Because like at low speeds, it's basically nothing. Because it's just at one gear, but Fair. at high speeds, it screams. So and that's and that's a redeeming factor. So 
Exactly. Like when I when I think about I can't think of anything. Okay, outside of V8 diesels, which just inherently are nothing at all to talk about. Yeah. Aside from a spec sheet, but I don't know. I don't know what else. My friend was saying that the E92's um, M3 V8 is the blandest sounding ever. And really, I think I don't think it's that bad. I think it's definitely better than the MP4 Tulsi. It's still nothing super crazy to talk about, but I don't think that was the worst one by far. You know what? Wait, wait. I have just one thing to check. Um... <laughs> Because uh, I, I might have this here. Oh, damn. Oh, why do all Rolls Royces have to have V12s? You're kidding me. <laughs> I thought it was a V8. <laughs> Dude, didn't the old ones have like eight, the, um, this, not the silver, uh, maybe the silver shadow, is it? Maybe. I mean, I went around the world thinking, all right, which have bland V8s? And I got to England, and I was like, no, Bentley has good-sounding V8s, but Rolls-Royce. Mm. And then, oh, wait, they don't have any V8s. You know what? I have it. Let's hear it. I'm thinking the S-Class base V8. Oh. So it's the detuned one, not the one that's in the GTRs or anything. The one that sounds kind of like meh. Yeah. I guess uh, it still can't be as good as the 12C, though, because the 12C is just bad everywhere. Rishabh, are you also struggling just trying to come up with something that is as meh as the 12C? A little bit. Not really, because, like, there's that Hyundai V8. I just can't be. Wait, wait, wait. Hyundai V8, what is this? Oh. I would also say, I think you can also argue any American V8 during the smog era when they oh, were totally stifled and couldn't breathe and they were just, they were literally just a power plant and nothing more. Yeah. Um, I forget. Did they, no, I don't think they had turbos then on American V8s. They, they had still, what? They were still maximally aspirated, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. What Not fun times. Sound like, though? Oh, wait, wait. We can go for a V8 from any time? I thought it had to be somewhat recent. Um, It could be of of any point in time. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, there's definitely an answer for this. <laughs> uh, nine, 9.28, I think, would be kind of... Oh, uh... Yeah, I, mean, I can see big, that. But I don't know. It probably isn't. Oh, no, no, no. Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow. Rashad, you're right. That thing, it, it doesn't sound like anything. There's no noise. Therefore, it, does it almost have to be the worst? Yes. I mean, aren't Rolls-Royce is built not to make noises? Right, exactly. You're not supposed to hear it. That's true, yeah. But then again, is it, in that case, almost perfect? Because then you don't hear anything. And if that's the purpose of the car. That's... Definitely a hugely redeeming factor, but for the sake of the original question, I think it it ranks pretty high. De- it's a demerit, done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that ranks pretty highly on the list. I've got to listen to this Hyundai V8 because, well, I'm just interested now. Was I think it, it's going it to sound on... just like an engine. Nothing else. Nothing special. Was it on a um, a Genesis? Genesis. Okay. Moment of truth. Come on, YouTube load. What was that? I said, come on, YouTube load. Today, please. Oh, I want to hear the engine, not some Doug DeMuro <laughs> telling me about the engine. Oh, God, Doug. Oh, Doug. Oh, there's no engine clips. All right, I'm just going to have to assume it's bad. 
It's bad. It's bad. Call it a day. Um, another segue, Jack. I heard you got a job, internship, something like that. I do indeed. I do indeed. Nice. As you can imagine, uh, in the West Coast, service hours are very mandatory. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, if you don't have them, you're not graduating. Wild. Yep. So our school has created this whole system for what you can and can't do for it. Very complicated. In some cases, pig-headedly complicated. But... Mm -hmm. I found a loophole in it, which was the fact that the website they were using and completely allowed everything on it had a couple of ones that they didn't have listed there. So I searched Uh. that for a couple hours, found an internship or not internship, unpaid volunteer job at the Museum of Flight, checked that that counts and it just gets within their regulations. So now I'll be working soon enough. As a gallery ambassador at the flight. That's so ideal, man. Exactly. Nicely done. And service hours. Yep. That's That's very cool for you. Yeah. 10 out of 10. I enjoy that very much. I may be doing the Jeremy Clarkson smug face behind the camera. (laughs) I don't blame you. That's great, dude. When do you start? Sounds cool. So that starts on, hopefully, February the 21st. Nice. But we'll have to see because delays, you know. I guess the actual course on what I need to be doing on the 14th, but Mm -hmm. after that, you know, we'll see when it starts. Sweet. Yeah. Make a surprise visit out there at some point. No, that'd be cool. That'd be great to see you out here. For sure. You can actually tour the Boeing plant. That would be ideal. I would love to do that. Yeah. Sadly, not the 787 factory, though, because they've seemed to move that to its lower quality area. Oh, bummer. You want to talk about that? The 787 disastrousness? Of course. It seems that planes have been, like, falling both literally (laughs) and figuratively in the last couple of months. Mm Mm-hmm. First, the A380 with its rapidly decomposing fuselage, and now the fact that the 787 doesn't fit together correctly. Just, like, I don't even know how it gets to be like that. The funny thing is, according to what I've read and heard, the plane was problematic because it was built by so many different manufacturers Mm -hmm. and then snapped together. But what alarms me about that is that that's the entire Airbus business model. Yeah, pretty much. So, wait a minute. How have they not had these same disastrous failures? Or have we just not known about them? I mean, I feel like we would have known about it. It must be something... must be a new development. I don't know. They must That's have managed unfortunate. it well in the past. Yeah, I would imagine so. The funny thing about the A350 problem is now that we know about it, the <laughs> paint, what it does is it peels off, right? As paint yeah. does, but it peels off too quickly. And what it ends up happening is it peels off the composite as well. Wow. So basically what's happening is you're going down to honeycomb layers at some point. Mm-hmm. That's... So obviously that's not really the safest. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've had to pull quite a few from the air. And funnily enough, Lufthansa has started to get worried about it, not just Qatar anymore, which means that... <laughs> Now that there's an airline that uh, Airbus actually cares about, worried about it, they actually have to look into it. Right. Because with Qatar, they could just say it's not a problem. That's just absolutely nuts. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure they'll figure it out at some point. They will. Faith. They have to, because yeah. we need lighter planes. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and then... What other plane news is there? Oh, you know what's interesting? Boeing Field is packed right now to the brim with 737 Maxes. Yeah, figures. But it's not just the eight ones. They're testing, like, uh, sevens and tens. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. I went past one of them, and they had a ten flying and then a seven on the runway. Oh, that's cool. So it seems like they're rapid testing the whole lineup. Good. Get them, get them out there. The nice thing is, time. 
it seems that America has completely forgotten that the 737 Max has ever had an issue. <laughs> no one, yeah, like everyone's like, oh, I'm not going to fly on that plane. No, it's dangerous. And then there's not been a single word of a complaint from anyone. No, no. And airlines, I mean, for a while there, they were compensating. Like if, hey, you know, you learned your flights on a Max. I mean, United was doing this anyway. Um, if you learned that your flight was on a Max and you chose you know, you whatever had reservations, you didn't want to fly. Uh, they let you rebook for free. Um, and that's then crazy. at some point last year, early last year, I think they were just like, nope, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Plane safe. Get on, take a seat. I'm glad they killed that. Cause I imagine that was yeah. expensive. Of course. Yeah. For no, no good reason at all. And yeah, like you said, now everyone's kind of forgotten about it. So that's great. If the FAA says a plane is safe, it's probably pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it's a shame anywho. about the 787 thing because yeah. other than like a couple of small, you know, issues that people have actually pointed out, nothing <laughs> horrifically wrong has happened here. True. I'm not asking for a crash. But I'm just asking for a very fast solution that comes in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a yeah, we'll specific see. amount of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, speaking of specific amounts of time, I saw this pop up on my phone a couple days ago. Someone mm-hmm. had posted, wait, let me find this. This was hilarious. Uh, a YouTuber by the name of Bosnian Ape Society um, posted <laughs> this a day ago. On December 1st, 2027, nothing will happen at 2.11 a.m. in El Paso, Texas, uh, 31 degrees, 55, 17.6 north, point. Uh, 106.5. 25.29.3 degrees west. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the replies are great. Uh, what a relief. I had heard that nothing was happening that week. <sighs> but I couldn't get a flight in time, so I'm glad I managed to get one to see nothing unfold. I love it. Great. Just only slightly worrying the internet there. Just slightly. Just slightly. That's pretty funny. The funny thing about that is something random is going to happen somewhere near there in El Paso, Texas, and someone's going to freak out. They're going to be like, wait yeah. a minute. Six <laughs> years ago, this guy said it was going to happen. Oh, my God. That's too so good. Aliens rocked up. <laughs> uh, anyways, much. I don't think there's much of the car news to talk about. Is there a shop? I don't think so. There's probably something like well, the new so the the Z pricing was announced. Um, the Nissan Z, yeah, yeah, the new 400 Z at 40k, I think it was. That's a GTR, I mean, right there. 400, that's a lot of killer right there. 400 horsepower twin turbo V6, basically like a detuned version of the GTR. Um, so probably a lot of modification opportunity there. Six-speed manual, limited slip, yeah, two-door coupe. I mean, that's just the right recipe and so desperately needed these days with everything going electric or cars just being watered down. Like, it's that's awesome. so much car for the money as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you know somebody who can modify an ECU or something, yeah, you basically have in my opinion, would probably be close to 500 horsepower. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think a lot of the sport's already there just because I'm pretty sure it's the same engine that's already, like I said, been used in the GTR. It's probably oh, the same yeah. one that's in the, the Infiniti Q50, which, hot hot take, um, the Q50S Red Sport, um, very much not a... I don't know. I feel like people don't regard that car... For being as good as it is in terms of yeah. sports sedans, so I I would definitely pick one up one day as a as a decent daily. Um, definitely good power, all wheel drive. needs a needs a good transmission, which it doesn't have, I'm afraid. But um, cool, super cool car for sure. But yeah, the 400Z should be a pretty spicy car once it hits the market. I just wish that formula was executed by someone else. I just not a fan yeah. of Nissans. I just, I don't know. Modern Nissan doesn't do it for me. The thing that gets me kind of mad about that thing is the fact that it has that squared off grill. Yes. 
Yes, agree. Yeah, not a fan yeah. of that. I the aftermarket will figure that out. Definitely. Yeah, there'll be some bumpers for that in about two minutes. Yeah. But oh yeah. Still, the thing that just makes me mad about Nissan's is that they figured out the formula for the the gray engine. Like, uh, they have like an eighty-eight pound engine that's producing near four hundred horsepower. Yeah, that's wild. And then, of course, they'll never use that in the car because you know we'll be the point of that. (laughs) I mean, when you consider that engine that you're talking about, Rashad, if you bolted sixteen of those together and sold that thing to Bugatti. You would have the most ridiculously overpowered engine ever. Oh yeah. Let me wait. Let me do some power statistic or math mm-hmm. on that. Four hundred horsepower times sixteen, sixty-four or six thousand four hundred horsepower. Obviously, you're going to lose a bit here and there because you know you're putting them all together. So let's say you lose about twenty uh, percent. Um, you're still ending up with. Wait a minute. I clicked the wrong button on my calculator. Uh, times 80. You're still ending up with over 5,000 horsepower if you're losing 20% Jeez. in transmission, gearbox, engine, drive shaft, right. and all together. That's ridiculous. Someone has got to do wild. small, powerful engines. Absolutely. It'll come. Yeah. You're not. And the. Oh, man. Electric supercars are not where it's at, I've got to say. Well, they have a place, I'll say. Um, it just, it's hard as an enthusiast to wrap, to really get behind the idea just because noise and vibrations yeah. and smells are just so hard to get away from because it's so much, it plays such a big part of loving cars and driving them. And you lose a lot of that with electric. So, I mean, but there is obvious benefits. It's just a matter of, you know, kind of getting past the fact that you don't hear a sweet V8 or whatever and smell gas burning and yeah. just everything that comes with it. I mean, yeah, it's a lot to lose. That's for sure. Until, but, in my opinion, until they're known as a, just supercars and not electric supercars right right they will always be subpar in terms of supercars absolutely and that will be years until that changes over yeah pretty much and i've got to admit i've only ever liked two electric supercars oh yeah remax c2 Mm. i like the c1 but the c2 looks a lot better Mm -hmm. and the a spark owl uh but the Ace Mark Owl, only because I like the way it looks and it'd be way better with the gas engine in it. Fair enough. I like that thing with a V12. Uh, that would be great. I, think I like that. that um... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I think the technology in the i3 is very impressive, like the uh, tub. Mm. Fair, fair. Go on, Amar, what we were going to say? Uh, I was going to say that. I think it was, this is like years ago, the SLS GTE or something, oh, yeah. whatever the hell that was. That thing that was pretty cool, but yeah. you know, not a great execution at the same time. That was great until you realized you could literally only go like a yeah. hundred miles. On no, it. I think way less realistically. Yeah. The Mercedes probably said a hundred miles. And it was more yeah. Like 40. But gingerly nice. driving around. Exactly. I remember Clarkson uh, loved it for like the 10 seconds that he drove it. And yeah. he said, oh, wait, it's out of battery. Yeah. Right. That was pretty the comical. longest top gear shoot ever because they just had to mm-hmm. constantly let it recharge. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Good times, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, guys, listen. So we have a new foster here, and he's kind of raising up a storm. And oh. need to go help Katie with calming things down so all right unfortunately i need to jump on out of here but let me know as soon as you guys uh have another podcast planned absolutely we'll have you on i'd love to yeah great yeah great to have you back amar always good time with you guys good talking and have a good rest of your day enjoy your weekends thank you you too too. all right later later fellas yep see ya all right bye bye always great to have amar on the podcast is.
It is on um. What disappointment? Oh, yes, on the terrible disappointment. Is it a terrible disappointment? Are we ending now? Yes, probably. Can I just have end on one final thing? Yes. Uh, my final thing to end on is the five nine nine GTO. Okay, say it. What do you need to say about it? Uh, no, no. I'm just saying the word five nine nine GTO. Okay, does that even mean something? Because it's kind of an ugly car. It's not a code word. I think it's arguably one of the best cars of all time. I but thank you very much for saying it's an ugly car. You didn't let me say it was a nice car. It's ugly. On that terrible disappointment, it's time to end. Oh, you know what's terribly disappointing? You don't like it. The, the terrible disappointment is that you do like it. It's not like a million. It is a million dollar car. It's a great million dollar car. Everyone loves the 599. I just get like a Supra instead. A what? Roughly you the same power. And a Supra over this absolute masterpiece. A Mark, Mark IV Supra. They probably have the same power. Have you seen the one that is in purple and gold? That is the prettiest car ever. Look at this thing. Look up purple and gold 599 GTO. Before the podcast ends, you have to do this. Listeners as well. This is the best looking car ever. It's not. There's no way. I'm looking it up right now. It's a deep purple with a light bronzy gold. Oh. That is excellent. That's nasty. And you're saying it as if it's like a brown car or something. It's great. <laughs> Sunburst orange. Sunburst orange. <laughs> Sunburst whatever the heck this is. On the terrible disappointment of that faded U-dub car, it's time to end. On the terrible disappointment of